Welcome back. Welcome. Um, you're listening um, to another episode of um, a show that is called Amateur Hour. Um, it is a uh, professional sports podcast um, by people who have um, never played professional sports. Um, it's brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. Hashtag do you believe. I am your host, Max, along with... Um, Trace. Um, and, um... Let's talk sports. Um, ah. Amateur hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 93 of Amateur Hour. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us. If it's your first time stepping in the door or you have been a longtime listener, it's good to have you. Uh, we're going to be talking about sports today. We got the Super Bowl creeping up over the mountain around the corner there. And uh, we've got some bad refing, some really bad refing, some snubs, some dubs, and everything in between. So we're going to dive right in and get things kicked off with our weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right, folks. So to start off, I have the weekly highs this week. And this is Shreya's joke, but I'm going to take it. It's not really a full high. It's kind of a buzz. <laughs> Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. The Super Bowl is in Phoenix, Arizona, which is super exciting, right? So I am excited for that. However, the two teams in the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, I don't want either of them to win. We get the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> I mean, good for you guys, I guess. You did it all right. Kansas City's back for the third time in four years. Yay. And the Eagles are a New England rival, so... Yay. I just, I, I, yeah. But if you're, if you're part of those fan bases, fly Eagles fly and whatever Kansas city has for traditions, it's good for you guys. Yeah. I mean, who do you root for? Max is saying off pod. We, <laughs> this is the I one know. time we get to root for the refs. <laughs> like... Dude, I want Exactly. I want the NFL refs association to come out and be like, we have declared that we have won 100 yard penalty. Refs win. The <laughs> ref mutiny. <laughs> they storm the field. They get they the ball. Yeah, just they just did. Both ends. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's all yeah, the time. So for um, my personal high uh, from I had two uh, Flames games this weekend. Uh, Flame Arizona Flames and the ABA. Come watch if you're in the Phoenix uh, Valley area. They are all free this season, which is pretty dope. Uh, we nice. had a charity game, which we lost, unfortunately. And then we had a home game, which we won, which is great. Uh, but there was a photographer out there that got some sweet, sweet videos and some highlights. So I uh, got a little highlight reel, got some sweet photos. Uh, it feels it feels professional. And I did some media stuff, too. It's it's pretty sweet. It's up. It's going up. It's going it's up. It's going up. It's going up. <laughs> so, yeah. So yes, that was my today's price is not today's price. <laughs> Buy now. Invest. Invest. <laughs> All right. Well, that's about it. Uh, Shrey, what is bad this week? <laughs> the lows. Max, I'll start with my personal low. Um, okay. I went to the bank. You uh, have no money. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I got was no service, really. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I just had a bad experience at the bank. Uh over the past week and it was um i went up i went up to the teller and i was like you know hey uh i was looking at this charge on my credit card i was wondering if you could tell me about it and they were like and they were like um 
Let me take a look. Okay. So I see I see you got you got a couple dollars taken off for some for this charge. I think that's like a monthly thing. And I was what? like and I was like, okay, it's a monthly thing, but I don't remember getting money taken out last month for this charge. Could you yeah. tell me a little more about it? And they were like, um, actually, I think it's more of a yearly thing. And what? I was, I was like, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't see this charge. Could you tell me if it's a monthly or a yearly thing? You just switch. And then, um, and then they went to, uh, they went to the back and they, I guess they talked to a manager or something. They, <laughs> what do we do? What do we tell them? <laughs> they, said, they, they came back and they said, I don't know. It looks like, you know, you just got this charge. Like, and well, I was like, can you give me more information about it? Like, what should I be looking out for? Like, what, did I do anything wrong? And I got yeah. money taken out. And they were like, I don't know what to tell you. I was like, I don't work at the bank. You have to tell me something. Yeah. You have to tell what? me something. Like, even whether it was a, a couple cents or like hundreds of dollars, like I should know where my money is going, right? Like it, like if you don't have an explanation and it's something that I did, at least tell me and they couldn't give me like a straightforward answer. And they said, they said, I don't know. What do you want me to do? She's, they said, I, I can look at it on my screen, but I could only give you the same information. I got so mad and I tried to hold it together. And I did, I did hold it together, but I was like, I really wanted to go off. Cause I was like, you can't, you can't be serious. You're the, you're the person that's in charge of my money. <laughs> like you're, you're the barrier between me and my money. That's insane. That's um, insane. So uh, it must have just been that person because I've never had bad service there before. Uh, they just maybe were having a bad day. You're fired. And they, <laughs> they, yeah, they, they basically told me, like, like, I don't know what to tell you. So I went and they said, you know, you could sit down and talk to somebody. Like, And I was like. What do you mean? Like a therapist? No, just take off the charge. <laughs> yeah, like they, were like they were like, if you take a seat, like you can like, we'll have someone come get you and you can talk to them, like a manager or something. And I was like, okay. I was like, you try to call my bluff that I don't want to stay. And I literally, I waited like a half hour to go over a charge on my credit card. What did that end up being? What was it? It was, they just, well, they didn't, they didn't know. So they said, oh, we think maybe like it was mistaken or something. So I'm still trying to get it all worked out, but it's insane. Uh, Yeah. Just a rough, rough Saturday morning moment. That's yeah. Yeah. Just a rough Saturday morning, but Moving on to my sports low, I wanted to talk about the San Francisco 49ers, Max. We've, we've talked about them over many pods, and mostly when we talk about them, one word comes to mind, and it's injury. Yeah. And wouldn't yeah. you know it, in the biggest game of their season, uh, we know now that they lost, unfortunately. Uh, great story, but they lost that game. We know now that Brock Purdy, their third quarterback, third rookie, last pick in the draft. He was playing really well in that offense. Kyle Shanahan seemed like he had everything rolling for him. And what do you know? He gets hit in the elbow and it's a UCL tear potentially. And it could be Tommy John surgery. It could be he's out six months. And it just goes to show, like, there's some pattern de- uh, developing of, like, if it hasn't already developed, of can, can the San Francisco 49ers keep their skill, their, their, like, most important positions healthy, 
right? You talk about QB, they haven't been able to, right? Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Brock Purdy. Then you talk about running back, right? Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson in the past. Um, you know, they go just going down the list, right? And then you talk about wide receiver. Debo Samuel has had injury issues, right? So it's like, is there something going on? Are these like, is there not enough protection? It seems like they have a good offensive line. Why? Where is this bad luck stemming from? I don't know, but it's something to check. It's it's like it seems like there's definitely some 49ers curse going on. Um, and so you it's know, weird. Yeah, oh, wishing weird. Brock Purdy all the best in his recovery. It seemed like this is his shot. Uh, and now the 49ers are going into the offseason with Josh Johnson as their Who? as their starting quarterback. As of right now, I don't know if he stays in the offseason roster, but they don't have a set quarterback until Trey Lance says that he can, you know, return again, right? That's a low. Yeah, that's so this an L. Is a, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Especially oh. after that loss. What with the we're gonna talk about a big loss, so yeah, that's an L. That's a that's a low. I'm de- mm-hmm. I am depressed. Yeah. I'm All sad. right, folks. Well, uh, grab your forks, grab your knives. We're going to dive into the meat and the potatoes of this episode. The first thing that we have to talk about is, uh, I suppose we'll touch on those those kind of playoff wins, but there's something a little bit deeper and a bigger issue that I think uh, is more important to talk about and discuss. That's sort of the the overall arching theme of officiating and then challenging calls, whether it's a no call or a bad call. Uh, and how that really impacts the game, the the ability to challenge and the like inability to challenge at certain times too. So I guess first and foremost, Trey, yeah, props to the Eagles. They're going to the Super Bowl. Tough yeah. loss for the 49ers. I, I, if I was a betting man, I would have put my money on the Eagles beforehand because through mm-hmm. and through, they just beat them. It was 7-7 at one point, and then the Eagles literally took off. No yeah. pun intended. Uh, they just went, beat the crap out of them, 31-7, call it a day. Congrats. That was fine. The next game of the day was Bengals-Chiefs, and boy, was that a great game. That was exciting. It was action-packed. Neither the Bengals nor the Chiefs played their best game that day, Mm -hmm. so they kind of had to deal with the adversity, right? You got Patrick Mahomes not being able to run as much. Um, You got Joe Burrow getting sacked quite a few times, his O-line not holding up. Uh, You know, a couple drop passes, a couple missed catches. It was a tough game for both teams, Uh, but, you know, come down to the last stretch, it's 20-20. Kansas City gets the ball. Final play, trying to get to field goal range. They're at just before their, the 50-yard line. Patrick Mahomes takes the ball, can't find, a, can't find a receiver, runs it to the sideline, and just as he crosses the sideline, one of the, I don't know if it was a lineman or a safety, whoever, hits him as he's like going out of bounds. They call uh, a personal foul, 15-yard penalty. They're at the 35-yard line. Boom, field goal. Mm-hmm. When you look at that play and you look at the refereeing that took place, there was a late flag. The hit was not incredibly late, but right there, that call guaranteed the Chiefs to win because it put them with like four seconds left. It put them right in the 35-yard field goal, and, and that was it. They, they, they called it, you know, they, they punted it, couldn't return it. That was it. So... Trey, in that situation, right, there there was no ability to challenge that call, right? The rest called it, and that was it. So the question that Shrey kind of asked is, you know, wh- how can we improve the NFL and NBA, which we'll talk about kind of in this conversation, how can we improve those challenge situations? How, how can you not just have a game slip away through the bad call of a ref, right? What do you do? 
Do you give more ability to challenge? Do you have kind of like an overarching challenge? Do you take more time to review that play? Because everybody knew that gave Kansas City the game. Right? Yeah. And I I, I kind of want to start with um, that play in particular, Max. So I think I think people I think people are gonna have to separate the call from the from the result. And what I mean by that is the call, I think if you look at the letter of the law, what is written down, right? When the when the when the runner gets into the gets like out of bounds, is in an out of bounds position, you can't touch him, right? And so when he comes out and pushes, that I think in and of itself was a foul. But then when you talk about the result, the result was okay, we are 15 seconds towards going closer to the end of this game. And the result of a 15 yard penalty is going to mean a shorter field goal for Kansas city. And it's going to be an easier field goal for Kansas city. Right. When you talk about if, a lot. if, if Osai, who was the, uh, the lineman that pushed Mahomes out, if he didn't touch him at the end of that play, you would have been looking at close to a 60 yard field goal. I think they would have been just outside the 50. They right? had another down too, though. They could, yeah. They could have gotten. So they, so, so they would have had eight seconds with a 60 yard field goal. Right. So, but that still doesn't preclude the, uh, the chance that the Bengals defend that third down. Well, right. Or um, that for, it would have been a first down that first down. Well, right. And they didn't have any timeouts too. Right. So if the Bengals didn't, um, So if the Chiefs didn't get out of bounds, you probably would have been looking at overtime, right? So there's so many permutations that could have gone into another down, whether they want to take the field goal at that time, whether they want to run a quick play, it could have been. So the result was a bad viewing experience. Like we look at it and say, you can't, that, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be how an AFC championship ends. But the call was correct. The call was correct. How correct was it? I mean, you're gonna call that right. They 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 threw the flag late. The guy hit they, the guy hit Osai. Yeah, that's his name. That's he his hit name. Patrick Mahomes right as he stepped out. And so the thing is too yeah. is if you're a lineman, you're a defender, right? Do you want to risk taking that hit? I I would rather tackle the guy and make sure that he's out of bounds because Patrick Holmes, literally, you can watch the replay. He like steps one and that's his out right there. Right. As he gets hit, he barely gets the second foot down. Yeah. He he gets hit. He he might, he might've gotten it close or gotten it just as the hit. So he's right. He's still technically out of bounds. And that first foot comes down. But again, this lineman, is how many hundreds of pounds running full speed. And here's the thing too, Trey. We've seen sometimes they miss or give up on that tackle to let the guy run down the sideline without stepping out. Mm-hmm. So do you yeah. want to make sure and get all your ducks in a row and make sure that he's out of bounds? Or do you want to risk missing the tackle, giving up the call to right. let him potentially right. gain more yardage, especially yeah. in a critical situation like that? It wasn't a yeah. late hit. Especially too, as you look at the second, the split seconds that it happens. Yeah, there was a defender there that was ready for Mahomes, and he came in afterwards. But if you think about like what, unless he was a freaking plant from Kansas City the whole time, <laughs> you're like, all right, this is what we need you to do, Patrick. You're gonna run to the sideline. You're gonna beat him just enough, but take this hit and roll over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't so egregious to where it's it, like, oh man, it was not. It was not egregious. I, I do believe though that. Um, this comes kind of close to how 
uh, a slide is called, a quarterback slide is called. He's going out towards the sideline. I think you have to just try to contain him, right? That sideline is just, it, it's like another beast. Like you can't, it's like another barrier for, for quarterback safety, right? It's a shield. It's like when you get, when you get uh, your weight taken by a defensive lineman on a sack, they're going to call that a penalty, a personal foul, right? So it's just like, there's so many, it, it, I think it deals with more of the quarterback safety and they, they're like always going for, Oh, well, it's the quarterbacks, the runners. So we can't let them like, you know, take an unnecessary hit. And so that's, I think more of the problem of why this call was like, had a bad result at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but it's tough to like separate, but it is, it, it, it is a call that so it, it could have been made. Then. Yeah. There, there was no challenge. There was no review. There was no ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we see this stuff in the NFL all the time. I go back to the Hunter Henry touchdown for the Patriots. I saw catches that were like fumbled at the end. They ruled a catch. So you go back. There was no ability to challenge that. Yeah. You can and throw we- the red flag once. Just like in an NBA game, coaches right. get one challenge, but after that, you have nothing. Well, then, and then you talk about uh, another NFC championship. Whatever they want. Yeah. Well, then you talk about another NFC championship moment is that first drive, the first Eagles drive um, versus the 49ers, and that Devontae Smith catch on the sideline, the one handed grab. Right. Um, when they go to the Fox review, when they or when Fox replays it for the TV and shows you the side of uh, the ball you can clearly see that the ball is moving and it hits the ground. But Devontae Smith runs up to the line and the Eagles take another snap. And then you get into, as a coach, you they like kind of froze, right? Shanahan kind of froze and didn't choose to challenge that play. I don't know whether they didn't think they had enough time or, you know, and then, and then the refs called it a catch as well, right? There was no... Um, uh, you know, congregation of the refs to see, okay, what a juicy, what a juicy, you know, can we make that call? They just kind of took what the back judge, the line judge said, um, the sideline judge said. So it was like, man, that's a big moment. And then when you think about like how that affected the game, Eagles go down, they score on that drive, right? And then that gets some momentum going. Obviously the 49ers scored, but and it, at the end result, it was a 24 was point smart. win, but it yeah. was exactly. So it's like those moments I feel like need to be, played better from a coaching standpoint the league from a league standpoint there could be there could be some um things done to change that and it's just it just feels like a a mess that whole challenge and referee process well i agree and so now we kind of want to go over another example of things being a mess i want to go to the nba this was another just terrible just non-call just nothing Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the opposite of overcalling something and, and really impacting the game. Here's here's in the NBA it was a non-call and the Lakers Celtics. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. LeBron with like four seconds ending in 0.4 seconds drives in, right? Gets the basketball that the, the, the game is tied, right? About to go to OT uh, and LeBron drives in. He gets hit on the arm by Tatum. You can see it in the replay. Clear, clear. clear. All you angles, can clear. hear. Also, if you hear different broadcasts, you can hear the slap. Oh, God. No call. <laughs> no call. Now, and there's a baseline judge right there. Right there. You. What is he looking at? His job is to look for contact on the ball. For sure. LeBron hits the glass hard, goes off, Celtics get the rebound, time expires, goes into OT, right? Yeah. Celtics yeah. end up winning that game in overtime. Right there, that layup should have resulted in free throws for LeBron. But yeah. there was a no call. And there was no ability to challenge. Lakers had already challenged that call or or challenged another call earlier in the game. And then that was it. 
Mm-hmm. So, so the, the NBA missed, refs, the missed yeah, challenge, yeah, that cost them the game. That no call could have been could have been the game right there. Just whether he, he didn't make the layup, okay, call it a foul because that's what it was. He was affected in the act of shooting that would result in two free throws. NBA referees come out and say, like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. Ah, it's the ghost of referees past. No, it's it's a sob story. It's Tim Donahue. Shrey, I'm, I'm going to be up all night, man, thinking about this. I just, this is weighing heavy on me. My wife, we're in a loveless marriage now. The kids don't respect me. I have to move out. I can't sleep. Us NBA referees, man, we're, 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 we have it tough, guys. You got to think about us. There is no official review process to go back and say, hey, wait a minute. Let's look at that. They're yeah. leaving it up to these people on the floor who just what they said, they make mistakes. That ruins the integrity of the game. And you can always call it a foul and then, like, you know, undo the call. But to have a no call, you can't challenge that. So there needs to be some kind of process. Like, I don't know if it's the basketball god rule or something. And straight, I propose, I know you don't like this, but for the NBA and NFL, giving two coaches challenges per game. That way you can always burn one. And I get it. It takes time to do this stuff. But when the call is pretty clear or you can find evidence to overturn it, you can at least throw in the challenge flag to be like, hey, what the hell? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have another one for that late game scenario, i.e. this. Yeah. The so- Lakers challenge a questionable call early on that kind of swung the game. They now have the ability to save it for this. Or if you burn two, dude, it's like, hey, you had two chances. Now this is what you get. Versus it's just one. It, it, it's, it's, it's one shot in the chamber, right? Yeah. You're like, I'm assuming that nothing questionable is going to happen for the rest of the game. Right. So I'm going to burn this challenge. Oh, now this happens. And right. this is egregious. I think um, I think specifically, so I, I want to kind of alter your idea, Max. So okay. the the NBA, right, they took out the the automatic review at the last two minutes, right? Like that's something that I thought I heard. I know they took it out for um, for out-of-bounds calls. Like you have to challenge now. Coaches have to challenge if they want to review an out-of-bounds call in the last two minutes of a game. But I like – it looks like based on how that LA game, LA Boston game went, if the coach had to, if, if Darwin Ham had to call, had to challenge that play, right? There's no automatic review or any congregation going on in the NBA either at the end of those games to say like, oh, okay, did we miss something? Hey, I saw something, but you didn't call it. Like, can we go over it? Whatnot, right? Um, I think then modifying your your idea that you get a challenge for that situation, for end of game situation. So you get your one challenge for the rest of for um uh for your um 46 minutes or whatnot, right? Of the game. Right. If you don't use it, you can't use it. You get one challenge, then you get one challenge at the last two minutes. And if something happens that you want to challenge, whether and you should be able to challenge non-calls as well. Right. Yes. That's that's that, that's that a, needs to be that needs to be a rule. It is a play on the field. All, in all sports. sports. Yeah, you, you, because the ref. You know, there, yes, exactly. I agree. There, and there should be no because there needs to be like ref media. They need to go out at the end of the game and be like, "Yo, what were you thinking on this?" 
Yeah. Explain to me the, the what you saw and why you didn't blow the whistle. Right. So, yes, I 100% agree that for a non-call, throw a challenge flag. Be like, that. that's something. Right. And because, so I, Trey, we live in the age of reviewing. They can go back exactly. and be like, oh, hey, hey, my bad. We missed it. Just like, oh, my bad. I blew the whistle when I shouldn't have. It's, it's, a, it's a two-way street. Exactly. Right? So, like, we're, we're taking the ref's word for it and then making a call based on that. Right? So, whatever they don't say means it's right like it doesn't it can't always work that way so the non-call exactly. the non-call needs to be called uh, challengeable at all times i think you set aside one challenge for last two minute situations you get a challenge for the rest for the rest of the 46 minutes if you don't use it you can't use it anymore you get one challenge for the two minutes and then um that would be how i would take that whole challenge scenario my my idea would be definitely implementing some sort of uh, sky judge right like we talk about sky judge when we talk about football in football i would definitely love a sky judge i know the xfl did it uh when they restarted you know in the pandemic and you had one person who was a league sky judge that overseed that had all the replays and then could make calls to the ref right so they could they had a, a line to the ref mics that basically they could tell them no like I know you made this call, but what I'm seeing is like, this is the rule that it's going off of. You got to change that call, like stuff like that. Right. I, I understand that like it hurts a ref's ego if they get called out for a call. Like obviously Doesn't all matter. refs things. I don't care. I don't care. But you're we're not talking about, we're talking about if you're going to try to make replay work and challenges work, then you can't, you can't, be, you can't care about whose feelings you hurt. You just have to be worried about getting the call right. Well, so if straight, it doesn't someone... matter. It's just like they say, oh, we're people. We make mistakes. Okay, I can make the wrong call, make a mistake, and have my feelings hurt. That's Exactly. I... And, and if we talk about process improvement, when people make mistakes, don't we try to improve so that we don't make the same mistake over and over again? Thank you. Yeah. So I think the sky judge in, in both sports, right? When we talk about football, we have maybe someone who has all the replays in the, in the stadium, right? Because they have that space. When we talk about basketball... I, I would really like refs to wear, you know, a, like a small earpiece or something that has a full line to Secaucus to have them, okay, make a quick replay decisions, like in-game replay decisions. Have a guy who's watching the game, who's watching the replays, and let him see the review and then immediately say, no, this is what I'm doing. It shouldn't be on challenges or reviews. It should be, hey, I saw that. You got you to gotta congregate. You got to stop play, congregate, and say that was a foul before anything yes. can transpire that could change the game, like yes, uh, the game you. log or game. Whatever. You, that having that like third piece, like someone that's not in the, in the game. That's like, you know, has their head with like all the crowd and everything. Someone that's kind of like making a calm decision. I think having that and looking at it from like uh, taking a step back and having someone look at it that way is just so much more useful. Right. I, so someone that's not in it. So I think that it's it's definitely. Uh, I like your challenge idea, Max, and I think there there are ways that we can use challenges without increasing the amount of time that it takes to watch a game. But I also think there should be that kind of mediary force of some sort of judge that's like looking back at everything and saying, "Hey, Scott Foster, you 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 didn't play, you didn't call that right. Please please stop." And then and then telling him to call the right, uh, make the right call. So. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Yeah, no, exactly. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, 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 a challenger than the first, you know, 46 and then the, the final two minutes. 
yeah for nba and then the same thing for nfl that two minute warning in the fourth quarter get get something going yeah there's because there should have been a challenge call right and there. it should At be non-calls take more non-calls. time to review it because that is giving them the game exactly and non-calls too oh i agree that's, that's the worst. Off, boom. Yeah. we just we just we solved people. it we did it <laughs> the amateur it. hour <laughs> did it <laughs> we did it that's it so shrey give me lightning lightning fast who are your yeah. fantasy picks this week so I'm going to start with, and I, I picked him last week, um, but I'm urging people to pick him up again if you didn't do it last week. Mark Williams, center for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, ESPN, 2.3% owned. Uh, man, uh, and then, um, sorry, ESPN, he's 2.3% of teams. And then Yahoo, uh, 12%. And the trade deadline's coming up in a little over a week. Uh, I urge you to pick him up, and hopefully uh, you reap rewards if Mason Plumlee gets traded. Denny Avdia, Washington Wizards, uh, small forward, power forward. Um, he's playing well off the bench. The only issue is, you know, what's his ceiling staying on the bench? And so he's in ESPN leagues, 8.2% and 37% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, so there's a lot of people that still haven't picked him up. Go ahead and do that. And then with the last person, Precious Achua, uh, Toronto Raptors, power forward center he's been picked up in a lot of yahoo leagues but uh in espn there's only 15 percent of them that ha- teams have them og ananobi's out the rest of the week at least four games who knows if that wrist injury becomes lingering right and he's also a trade uh he's also has a trade risk attached to him with all the rumors swirling he could stay in the starting lineup and he's been really good on the double doubles he's not going to get you blocks or steals but he's going to get you double digit points double digit rebounds and that's really valuable um, for a back-end player. So go mm, ahead and nice. pick him up, too. I got Chris Duarte, Indiana Pacers. Um, he's got three games this week. He's been really good in the past two games. And while Tyrese Halliburton is still out, he's going to look to get sort of extended minutes versus what he has when Halliburton is back in. Uh, again, look for a couple points, a couple assists. Uh, pretty solid. Uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, I think it was Trey. I think you had him last week. I don't think I had him last week, but I'm going to say go yeah. at him again. He didn't have crazy numbers his first two games with LA, but look at them to kind of ramp that up as they, he gets a little bit more accustomed to the game plan and play style. Anthony Davis has returned, but in that small forward position and just kind of the wing in general, Lakers still need help. And he's got four games this week. So that's a really, really solid pickup. Yeah. And then my last, I had him last week, but keep him again on your roster. Pat Connaughton, dude is solid all around. He's putting up really solid fantasy numbers again as somebody waiver wire and he's got three games this week mm-hmm. all right good that's picks. it Shrey, our next topic we have the nba all-star starter selections and i think they're bullcrap <laughs> no just kidding they're not all bullcrap <laughs> you demand a recount no i demand people to use their freaking heads yeah okay well i mean you're talking about the you're talking about the general public max so that's kind of a no, well, it's not. Well, is starters just based off of fan vote? It's mostly right. It's but it's still coaches and still players. Uh, media, I think it's media. Oh, sorry, and it's, it's coaches and it's yes, it's, not it's coach, fan sorry. media, media and players. And players. Yep, yep. Yes, okay, media, you guys, you fools that we're part of, but not as big. That's okay. <laughs> I need you guys to 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 take out your brain, give it a rinse under the sink, nice warm water. Don't use soap, and I want you to screw it back on. And think about what you're doing. Joel Embiid, candidate and runner for MVP this year again, who's putting 33 and 10 up, okay? He's not an all-star starter. 
With our starter selections, we have two backcourt guards and three frontcourt center forward combos. Okay? The fact that he is not selected is insane, insane to me. He's an now, MVP candidate, yeah. An MVP candidate. You know who else is an MVP candidate? Jason Tatum. Yeah. You know who else could is like right there, was in top five? Giannis. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Then you have Kevin Durant. Okay, Kevin, I love you. You're a baller. You're a hooper. You've been out for upwards of a month with your hamstring injury. MCL. Joel, sorry, MCL. Whatever it is. doesn't matter. Yeah. You're out. He's out. <laughs> Joel Embiid has been in and playing and dominating. So the fact that you are not an all-star starter is insane to me. It's strange. Can you explain to me why people aren't why, – why he's not selected? Yeah, I mean, well, I just think there are more KD 33 fans. 33-10! Like the KD, the KD fans are just so numerous that like the player vote really props him up, right? When we talk about that versus the media and the, uh, the fan, sorry, the sorry, the fan vote really props him up, and when we talk about that versus the player and the media, um, but Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's got to be there. People have got to watch the game, and and look at who's playing, right? And who has the ability, like, but. But, I mean, people don't take injuries into account, right? Like, when we talk about, uh, like, how many players that were injured that were in the top 10 of votings for a lot of these positions, like, Anthony Davis was on these, like, was, like, top five, like, top five, top six in these votings. Like, people don't care about the injuries, right? And that's why I think the player, sorry, the, the fan vote needs to be so much more decreased. I really think it should be more media uh and player because they'll pick the players that like they that actually are playing if well. you're not available to play that game you cannot be a starter Trey. i'm not going out to my basketball team i don't care if i have like junior lebron uh, on my roster if he's hurt i'm not going to start an injured player to go out there i'm not going to start with four people no the next guy up the six man is going to move into the starting lineup yeah so even for Pete's sake, if you're like, well, Kevin Durant's still better than Joel, we know he's not going to play because of his injury. It's, it's how it's looking like right now. Move Joel Embiid to be a starter. Well, that's Kevin what Durant I think, has played 39 games this year. I think they got to. I think they got to um, recognize Kevin Durant as a starter or do something. Recognize him as an All Star. So yeah. they got to recognize him as an All Star when the starter voting comes out. But then when they when they have the lineup if they understand that the players might be injured and we don't want to go through that, then we're just going to put Joel Embiid as a starter, but have, but say Kevin Durant is a starter or um, say Kevin Durant is a starter and say Joel Embiid is a starter alternate or something. You know what I mean? By this time, if Kevin Durant hasn't said that he's going to play or something, then you should expect him not to play, right? You should get a confirmation from him saying, Hey, we understand that you're injured. We know that you're going to be voted in as an all-star, but, are you confirmed for this game? Like people should be confirmed by the last vote if they're going to play or not. If it's a long-term injury and they're not confirmed, then it feels like they should just be recognized as a starter and then have the alternate just right up. And then when you talk about the starting lineup, you talk about Joel Embiid, not Kevin Durant. So I think that there's something going, there needs to be more to the story. Injuries are part of the story. Hang on. Actually, hang on. I didn't realize this. So my exactly. So you were talking about availability making you an all-star. Kevin mm-hmm. Durant has technically played two more games than Joel Embiid this season. Joel Embiid has only played 37. Kevin Durant has played 39. Yeah. But if so you look at the numbers. Okay. So, so, so maybe that's the case for 
So what I'm saying is he's a starter, right? No doubt about it. He should be a starter. He's an MVP candidate based on the games played. I'm talking about when we're talking about announcing the roster at this current moment, he is a, um, a starter, but he's injured. So that injury might take him to the starter into the all-star game. And there's no confirmation of him playing that game. He just says he wants to. So why not announce the starter alternate or something along with Kevin Durant? You know what I mean? Like, why are we fumbling around with, oh, this, uh, this, the story of Embiid should be a starter, but, you know, Kevin Durant is blocking him from starting, even though he's injured. Just tell him, tell Embiid he's a starter alternate. Put it when ETNT announces it, give them an extra card and say, Kevin Durant is obviously the starter, but if he cannot play, Embiid is the starter. Say it from the get-go. Don't make it like Embiid is a, a, the sixth man and then he gets pushed up when Kevin Durant decides like he can't play. Like, why do we have to wait that long? We know Embiid is a starter based on how well he's played. Say it from the beginning itself. That's my only thing. We know Kevin Durant's okay. a starter. but That's fine. But so, okay, all right, that's fine. So, okay, we're looking at availability, right? So if we're looking at availability... When I go to the Western Conference and I look at who the freaking starters are, why in the world has a guy who has played 29 games an all-star starter? 29 games. Didn't play it all last year, or it was the year before, whatever it was, I don't care. Zion Williamson, who has played 114 games in his career, which is obnoxious, is this year an all-star starter. He's played 29 games, averaging 26, 7, and 4, okay? Oh, 60% shooting. He's so efficient. Because all he does is freaking dunk. He got this position over DeMontis Sabonis, who is not only bringing the Kings to to a winning season so far, which has not been done in years, but he's played 47 games, averaging 18 and a half, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists on 61% shooting. Tell me how this makes sense. Because for the life of me, I can't understand. And I couldn't understand why he was an all-star over DeMar DeRozan and Brandon Ingram, or not DeMar DeRozan, but Brandon Ingram last year. And I don't understand how he's a starter. It's starter over Sabonis this year. I don't understand. Why? Why do we keep voting him in? Wow. Sorry. It's, It's been a, man, it feels good. It's been a while since we've gotten a Zion rant. And I oh, feel my God. I, I, I felt it. It's boiling up. Shreya <laughs> sent this to me about a week ago, and I said, this is a joke, right? He thought I Photoshopped it. I thought he, I thought he got, like, a bad Photoshop. It was like, Zion is a starter as a joke. The guy's played. We're in the 50s for games. He's played less than 30. That's bull crap. Shreya, he's probably, I'm sorry. And he, I don't think he's going to play the game either. So the fact that he got oh! Yeah. His hamstring thing is still an issue. Like, he hasn't practiced or anything, right? So it's like... But no, but he's an all-star starter. He deserves to be there. He's one of the best in the NBA. This guy is is one of the biggest busts of all time. I, I maintain it because he can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy, and he's not that good. All he can do is dunk. Oh, he's so dominant. He's so dominant. Guy shoots 36% from three. Oh, he can shoot. No, he can't. Sabonis, okay. He can also shoot 36%. He's got the same effective field goal percentage in the paint. 36 isn't that bad. 36 is actually pretty good from 30. How many attempts? You want to see? Let's see how many many attempts. attempts. How many attempts? 
Hang on. No, we gotta no, I wanna get in there. Come on. Come on. Why is this I didn't realize he was that I didn't realize he was thirty six. That's not that bad. I okay, it's not like I don't I stand with Zion. <laughs> Treyus, twenty nine games. Hundred and fourteen yeah, no, in his career. It's it's an issue. The the games played is an issue. Availability is the best ability, as we all say. Sabonis so, is the same. He is better he's shooting better than Zion. Yeah. He's averaging way more assists. Literally I three think, more assists. I think in, he's in, in, missed one game or something, one or two games or something like that. And he's played with a fractured finger. Um Yeah. So the, yeah, yeah. And he's played forty seven games, Sabonis. Yeah. Yeah. The fact he's, that, oh, oh no, he's not averaging twenty, so that doesn't count. Dude, he's almost averaging a triple double. Twelve rebounds a game and seven assists. And the Kings are winning. Yeah, it's what? the Pelicans wins. are winning without Zion. He's not impacting <laughs> it. <laughs> Why? Straight, can somebody explain to me why this guy is getting so much love and why they keep thinking he's the best second coming of LeBron? People don't understand that LeBron could do everything. Zion like is a one-dimensional player. I would like to point out that the, the Pelicans are on an eight-game losing streak. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> So I'm I'm obviously not as uh, avid of a my a point Zion. of winning without him, Shrey, because yeah. I, I sorry, just to clarify, yeah, go ahead. He was go hurt. Ahead. He was hurt for spurts in the middle of that, and they were still yeah. winning games. So they right, didn't right, need right, him to right. win the game. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. but, but so so I'm obviously not as uh, I don't you know think of Zion as a bad player or anything. Um, and I well, I actually like I actually like what he does on the court. Yeah, good, good. But, but but I will say for this argument, yes, he should not be an all-star starter. I think people obviously see the name and they want to vote the name in, but then they, they snub players that have been playing and that are available and have been helping teams win games like Sabonis, like I don't know, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of other players. Um, you don't have to go past Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis is probably the... Sabonis is probably the biggest one that should be that an I, all-star starter. He he was he was yeah. the rebounding leader for a while. If not, he still is. Okay. Yeah. And in impacting winning, he has been huge. He's been monumental for the Kings. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's averaging seven assists as a power forward center is incredible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, dominant. He's only averaging four point two. Yeah. And I do 10 think- rebounds. I do think Zion is an all-star this year. Uh, sure, just from his sure, impact. sure. Yes, okay, The starter that's is the issue. The starter is the issue. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I, I don't think he should be an all-star again. Well, okay, that's fine. You look at the stats, you can dive into it. He's super efficient. Blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give all, I'll give all the fans, I'll give all the Zion stands that he, he <laughs> could be an all-star. But to be a starter with 29 games played? That's insane. The, the, it's insane. The the fan vote the fan vote has got to. But the media still puts him in too. Yeah, how many how many media votes did he get? That would be interesting. Uh, let me check. So I just I just want to again another 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 person right. <laughs> why why don't why don't we think about Anthony Davis right? Right. Oh, he well, was in twelve rebounds a game. Two point six assists. He was in the MVP conversation for a while. Yeah, twenty six points. Oh, uh, he was hurt too. I'm looking at so I'm looking at the the voting, uh, and he got 
he got four media votes. So like, okay, oh, sorry, so he got a four. He got a four in. What is this? What uh, uh nine? Is that does it go down? Oh, media votes. He got twenty nine media votes total. He got twenty nine media votes. That is fourth. Wow, that's a lot. So actually, Max, if you so, want, yeah. you want to you want to rage a little more. Sabonis got more media votes than Zion. Sabonis oh. got forty six, and Zion got twenty nine. But because Zion had four point two million fan votes, it weighted him as uh, fourth overall in fan voting and for like fourth in weighted fan voting. That's his rank. So the fans really were the one that brought him up, but the media actually, I'll give him credit. The media gave them, gave Sabonis more votes. Well, he was third. More. Okay. That's voting. fine because he deserves it. He deserves it. It's the because fan. They voting, watch the actual you. games because the fans, the fans don't actually watch the NBA games. <laughs> they don't. They see the name. No, <laughs> I swear see to God. Names. When yeah. was the last time? No, I want, I, I, can, can we do our next Twitter poll? Do next Instagram poll. When was the last time you watched the Pelicans game? Yeah. We're going to the wrong demographic, but it doesn't matter. The 16 people down in New Orleans only catch about 30% of the games. Uh, the Smoothie King Center, the hub of New Orleans. God, I'm done. I'm done. I think that's absolutely atrocious. Oh so gosh. here we go. Here's the point. Reevaluate your system. Reevaluate it. Zion, Zion does not deserve it. There we go. Another Zion rant for, for everybody. Oh, we love Bull it. Crap. We always love it. All right. Well, that does it for me, Shrey. I've expended all my energy. I'm tired. I need to go lay down. Yeah, you need to take, you need to drink some water and, and take take a rest. I need an, I need electrolytes. <laughs> I tucker myself. I I got to tell coach I'm not going to be able to go to practice tonight because uh, I'm too tired. Thanks for listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host Max, along with Shrey. We'll see you next time. Peace.